Hello, creative people. Welcome to Creative Conversations. My name is Hollis Citron, and we are so happy that you have chosen to spend your time with us. I am owner and founder of I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing, and I am on a mission to expand the definition of creativity beyond a pencil and a paintbrush and to empower people, especially adults, to own their voices and talents that come in so many different forms. This space was created to talk to people with all different kinds of jobs, hobbies, and interests, and to have conversations about experiences and perspectives all centered around three questions. How do you define creativity? How do you incorporate it into your life? And why do you think it's important? Then we have a free-flowing conversation and we see where it goes. So I have had the opportunity to speak to so many. I've spoken to musicians, comedians, doctor, lawyer, wrestlers, Reiki masters, and entrepreneurs as young as 13. And these conversations explore the reality that creativity is not cute, it is necessary. People have defined creativity as that magic spark, how we show up in our life, imagination, basically all that we are and want to be, do, or have. So I believe from my heart that sharing these stories gives one the ability to expand their thinking, open themselves up for more self-expression, to feel more empowered, connected, and dare I say, happy. So my inspiring guest for today is Thomas Edwards Jr. He is the author of The One-Up Effect, a playfulness coach, an innovative visionary for maximizing fulfillment in life. Using his unique game-like methodology for high-level transformation, Edwards works with professionals, leaders, and businesses who seek to level up their purpose, joy, passion, and achievement. Thomas, welcome to the space. Hey, Hollis. How are you? Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm doing well. Doing doing pretty great this morning. So happy that you're here and thank you for being up so early in the morning to be able to chat with us. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me on. I, I normally wake up at uh, six o'clock, so I've, I've already gone for a walk. I've done my morning routine. I am. <laughs> I'm ready to go. You are ready, ready. So after reading the tiniest bit about yourself, could you please tell us whatever you want to a little bit more before we dive in? Yeah. So I've been a coach for uh, over 13 years, and I started off as a professional wingman focusing on dating and relationships. And over time, I realized that there was more for me to pursue from life. And I felt very limited and I just struggled a lot with figuring out what I wanted to do with myself. And so I discovered that playfulness unlocked a key part of my life in a way that I didn't imagine. And since then, I've been focusing on helping others and businesses use playfulness to maximize their experience in life and the, its various areas. Yeah, love it. Well, we are going to dive in more and I can't wait to have this conversation. <laughs> And I want to welcome the people that are here with us live. Thank you so much for being here. We appreciate you. You can participate in the conversation by uh, clicking on the chat box and um, asking questions or comments. So that being said, let's dive into our would you rather before we dive into our questions. Okay. Okay. So here we go. Thomas, would you rather be a wizard or a superhero? Oh my gosh, <laughs> that that's an amazing question. Um, 
I'm definitely going to take the wizard. Mm, I was curious how you were yeah. going to answer. I'm definitely going to take the wizard. I actually yeah. believe that I am a wizard. <laughs> um, and naturally, I feel like wizards have superpowers anyway. So I, I think it, I think it works out. You get the best of both worlds. Definitely a wizard. I love that. I love that. Yeah, that totally makes sense. And everybody's going to understand that more as we talk even more. So and learn all about you. So beautiful, beautiful. Okay. So first official, official question is how do you define creativity? For me, creativity is the result of when you use playfulness in any area of your life. And so I think, you know, when you think about play, play unlocks a really interesting part of ourselves that we don't otherwise really get to experience often, which is the non-logical part of our brains, right? The, our imagination. This is where innovation comes from. This is where new ideas, maybe even original ideas, those, those still exist in today's world. That's where, that's where those things come from. And we usually think of creativity in terms of, you know, art, right? But mm -hmm. you actually can apply that to any area of your life. I mean, I'm talking about your, you know, how you creatively decide to be healthy in your life physically, how you creatively decide to connect with spirit, how you creatively decide to connect with your inner child, how you decide to connect with your family, with other people. I mean, the, the, the opportunities and the possibilities are limitless with, with creativity, but that's how I define it. Mm. Well, thank you for validating everything that I'm doing. I, <laughs> I appreciate because you started out, you said your thing, and then you're like, it's within everything. It's in all aspects. But a big part of what you said, which I really appreciate, is the word connection. Because mm -hmm. it's connecting, you said, with health. It's connecting with people and all the other things that you said. And I completely agree that connection it's something that we tend to get lost in. I, as I see it, as we get older, we lose connection with ourselves, which then means we lose connection with other people because we're not understanding who we really are and what we actually like. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, I, studies have even started to show that, you know, th throughout our lives, we actually tend to be unhappy because we're constantly seeking stability, security outside of ourselves in, in the 3D world, you know, and, and that happens for a large, like a larger part of, amount of our lives. And because of this, we tend to be self-seeking. We tend to still have this existence that the world revolves around us. You know, I even, I even say that there's, when we're in this position, we're in this state of constantly seeking outside of ourselves, there's three positions that we have, we experience in the world. One, we're on top of it, where we feel like, you know, we did all the things or we're doing it and we feel invincible, untouchable. And we're kind of looking down upon everyone else who seems to be struggling. Uh, we can be at the center of the world where, you know, everything has to revolve around us. Fairness is really what we can get, you know, what we're allowed to get. And then the other part is we're under the world. We're trying to carry it. We're trying to lift it in all the responsibilities, you know, and, mm -hmm. and in all three of those situations, it's very isolating. We don't feel connected. We think we, we do, but we, when we are in that experience and we're actually aware that we are in that experience, we tend to feel very disconnected from everything else. Oh my gosh. That is so important what you just pointed out, those three things. 
because as empowering as you might think that it is, I'm on top of it, especially the on top of it one. It is very isolating. We do kind yeah. of set ourselves in this separate space and it's not, it truly isn't about connection. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, the moment we decide that we are looking for some type of external validation yeah. to our reason for living and our purpose, yeah. that is when we start to lose the connection with ourselves and with other people, because we're now yeah. placing that identity of the thing that we want, that we believe is going to make us happy and fulfilled there and not with the truth, which is our connection to ourselves and other human beings. So this is where I really am excited for people within my space to get to know you even more, because as I call this talking to a former wingman, now playfulness coach, I hate to be, it's kind of like um, in calling you a wingman and saying it's like the movie Hitch. Um, it's so much when I, <laughs> when I formerly owned a clay studio and people would always say, you know, when it'd be about the potter's wheel, they'd say, oh, is it like the movie Ghost? And if I had, if I had like a dollar for every time people said that I'd be a millionaire just off of that. Oh uh, man. If I had yeah. that for a wing man, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I would be a millionaire and also sued by Sony pictures. So <laughs> exactly. Yeah. exactly. I know it's annoying in the way I worded it, but at the same time, I would love for you to explain to the audience and take people more on your journey of how you went from where you are to where you were to where you are. Yeah, absolutely. You know, without taking up like the rest of our day yeah. <laughs> talking about yeah, it, because yeah. I know you and I went deep into it before, but yeah, I'll, yeah. Yeah, I'll give the, the cliff notes, you know. So uh, back in 2009, I started this business called The Professional Wingman. And really what it came from was this idea that I didn't want people to go through what I personally had to go through at a young age to learn about social skills, confidence, uh, dating and, and being in a relationship. And I was at the point where I was uh, constantly cheated on or taken advantage of. I just didn't have a great relationships. And part of that was because I didn't have a re great relationship with myself. I wasn't confident in myself. So started that company within a few short months, uh, just hustling, being around people, networking, doing the whole thing. Uh, I went from, you know, servicing just a few clients in the greater Boston area to then being published in the Wall Street Journal and then working with clients all around the world. And it felt like it happened overnight and that was because it did. <laughs> you know, I know there's a lot of work that led to that, that moment, but when that moment happened, it just happened so fast and it didn't stop. Um, I just was, I went from, I was traveling all around the country, working with clients all around, helping them learn how to become comfortable meeting people face to face. I mean, that was the idea of, of the professional wingman. I would just show people how to create connections, potentially romantic connections <laughs> with people that they would meet in their everyday life and give them feedback on what's preventing them from making that happen. And so I was definitely seen as the real life hitch. I mean, people saw that and they thought of me, which was great. It, it gave them a positive view of what I was doing. So and, hold, yeah. hold on one second. I'm sorry, I'm going to interrupt you for yeah. this. So within this, I just want to put, so within this context, you would be coaching them, um, prior to them being in the situation or would you, would you actually be out there with them almost kind of training them in situations well that was the beauty of what i did i would go out with you into real social environments networking mm -hmm. events social affairs bars um, even coffee shops walking down the street 
farmers markets. <laughs> like it just didn't matter. And I would be with you and I would give you real time feedback on what is going on with you that is helping or hurting your chances with romantic connections. Mm-hmm. And so that made it really stand out and it became a really great story. And so mm-hmm. the press loved it. And I was featured everywhere and I started to show up on TV and radio and podcasts and started working with a lot of clients. And then my clients started to get married. I mean, I was really good at this, <laughs> you know, so it wasn't just this thing I was kind of moonlighting. I was, I was really passionate and really good at what I did. I eventually met my, uh, well, my girlfriend at the time who's now my wife, she was also in the dating industry and that became an, an even better story. <laughs> wow. Um, you know, to give you an idea of the scope, you know, we were, we were featured in the New York Times. That video uh, has almost a million views at this point. Uh, People Magazine broke the news of our wedding. I mean, it was that kind of, it, it started to blow up in that wow. kind of way. It was, wow, it was wow, pretty wow. wild. Yeah. And so later that year, I ended up, uh, actually the next year, I ended up on the Steve Harvey show. And that was a big moment for me because I was being seen as the go-to guy for dating advice. And I crushed that segment. Even Steve himself was impressed. And I really felt like I had it all. And I was celebrating on this rooftop bar in Chicago where they flew me out. And I was surrounded by people I didn't know that I did know. They were all celebrating me and praising me, acknowledging me. And I'm looking at myself in the reflection on the glass table. And I was thinking to myself, man, like, I have everything. I'm making lots of money. My parents were so proud of me because all they wanted me to do was get an education, get a job and get, you know, get money and security so I can then have fun. I have a wife who loves me. I mean, what could be better? And I had this moment where I felt really empty. I felt unfulfilled. Something was missing and I did not expect that. And it was, it <laughs> it's was, like a movie all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> It truly is a movie. You're on a rooftop. Everybody's celebrating. I'm sure the night was perfect. There's probably lights around and candles. Yeah. And... It was amazing. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, for anyone who would think about that lifestyle, I would say it's like the bottles and models, right? It was just like everything was glamorous. And mm-hmm. people I'm imagining would look at me and be like, I want to be that guy. That guy looks like he has it all. And I'm sitting there thinking, I have nothing <laughs> and I didn't know what to do. I didn't, and I realized I was at a party. So I, I basically just drank my, my feelings away the rest of the night, you know, and I woke up and with the hangover and still those feelings. And that became my almost, it got to the point where it became my daily routine of, of escaping the reality of my life, drinking, uh, depression, drug abuse, and my life was just spiraling out of control and, and everything that I had built was slowly bur- burning down. And it got to the point where, um, you know, my wife, we had uh, just had our kid, my daughter, and that caused a whole nother just identity crisis. That's really what it was. It was just an identity crisis of, you know, now I'm become a dad, which is one thing I wanted to do. Almost, I feel like my whole life. And now that's actually happening, which means wingman, the identity that I created my, you know, and the attachment I had to it died or was going to die. And so I actively mourned the death of that identity with more drugs and alcohol and escapism. And then my wife was like, I don't, this is not the the marriage that I want to want to be in, you know, something needs to change. And that was when I realized I needed to get some support 
you know, I, I, everything that I knew, everything that I did, no matter how much success and resources I had, it wasn't enough. And by the way, I didn't know how to talk about this. I didn't know how to talk about my feelings, that if this was even appropriate. I felt like sharing this was risky in terms of like my vulnerability, you know? The wingman is this very confident person. For him to share such vulnerable things is off brand. <laughs> you right, know, like I had right. these stories in my head, you know. And I also grew up in a household, you know, I'm, I'm first generation American, born from Jamaican parents. You know, I didn't I was only taught how to be successful. I was not taught how to actually manage my feelings. We we kind of just didn't talk about that, you know. And mm -hmm. as a black man in today's world, or well, the world at that time. I didn't, I thought that was weak, you know? Right. And so I just didn't do that. But I realized I had no other choice or else I was gonna lose everything. So I started to seek some support and got a lot of help along the way. And I mean, I'm talking all kinds of support. I jumped all in. I mean, two, I had two therapists, I had a psychiatrist, I did spiritual retreats, I had my own personal coach, I did leadership weekends, recovery programs. I mean, I did everything. And I saw my life incrementally getting better and then eventually when I uh, got sober and I removed alcohol and drugs from my life, my life stayed getting better. But something was still missing, you know? Like I, I was able to meet the responsibilities that I created for myself, but I still wasn't enjoying my life. And I knew that I needed to figure this out or else I would at some point blindly choose to escape it because I just wasn't enjoying it. So decided I was going to figure out what that fun looked like. And then I was able to reconnect with my first true love, which was video games. <laughs> mm. um, I, for those who don't know, I actually went to school for video games. I wanted to be a video game producer. That was my ultimate dream as a kid. And then, while it didn't work out and you know, God had other plans for me, I had left video games in my early 20s, well into my um, early 30s, because I had these programs, these thoughts that other people had put into me about the, the brand of wingman and how video games wasn't in alignment with that, right? Like you're, you're an entrepreneur. You don't have time for video games. Video games are for kids. Uh, video games are not cool. And the wingman is cool. You know, you don't want to expose yourself. You know, all these <laughs> stories that I just adopted. So when I allowed myself to get back into video games, it unlocked this unbridled joy that I hadn't experienced in a very, very long time. So as a way to, hold myself accountable and to keep it in my life, I decided to pursue a career as a semi-professional gamer, otherwise known as an esports athlete. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, and I entered a tournament and out of 100, about 120 people, I, I came in you know, 33rd. So I was in the top, you know, third percentile, which is pretty good for a newbie, you know, someone who's doing it for the first time. And while that was really cool, I was so much more excited about the whole process. I mean, I had fun from choosing the game to training, to showing up to the esports arena and meeting all these people, feeling surrounded by my people and just being completely myself and accepted and loved uh, both internally and externally. And I remember walking away thinking, man, I wish my life was like this. I wish my life was like a game I could just train for and just have fun playing. And then that's when it dawned on me. I, I could actually use my academic knowledge to create a game for personal transformation that you can actually track and witness and enjoy. And I thought about Super Mario Brothers and when uh, the original Super Mario Brothers, when you're playing it, 
it feels like this stress-induced experience, especially when you're in your last life, because all you're trying to do is survive. Like all you, you're just, you're avoiding everything as, po- as much as possible just so you can get to the end of the level to do that over again. And I mm-hmm. thought, wow, that was my life for about seven years, <laughs> you know? And I imagine this is how a lot of people must feel. And mm-hmm. something magical happens, a, a real psychological, and I also believe a psychic shift occurs when you get your first green mushroom at extra life (laughs) you have this physical mental emotional and spiritual sigh of relief (laughs) and you and you believe that okay like i can take my time here there's no rush i can explore i can face challenges and you know what if mario gets hit by koopa or falls into the pit i have an extra life and I have feedback to know what not to do to, to make that happen again. Plus, it's a game. I want to play again because it's fun. So I thought that was a really cool effect. And then that was, was, that was where the one-up effect was born. And now I use that as my methodology, my way of being, and how I you know, teach and educate and coach my clients and businesses how to adopt this way of being to maximize not just their fun, but their physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual potential in their lives. Whew. <laughs> Everybody take all that in. <laughs> I, want, I want to address, first of all, when you said, um, I want to go back to where you were saying that everybody saw you as that guy and they wanted that life. It's all these perspectives, right? Mm-hmm. It's like people from the outside see all this kind of going on. And they're thinking, oh my gosh, that Thomas is what a life he has. He is the man. He is like doing all these things. But then internally you felt empty as anything. Yeah. Yeah. And it's I struggled. The- I struggled with that a lot because I felt like I, at, at one point I was living two separate lives. You know, that the first life was that of the wingman, maintaining yeah. appearances, looking cool, looking dapper, making all the appearances. Right. And then when that was done, I had this other life of just total emptiness and right. no direction, no joy, no zest, no desire to even do anything about it. You know, I really was at the intersection of helplessness and hopelessness, which is total apathy. <laughs> that, that is my experience of what that is, you know, and I was just going through the moments, going through the motions with all the responsibilities that that by the way, I created for myself, right? Like I chose to start my own business. I chose to be married. I chose to become a dad, right? Like it, it just was killing me. And there was so much shame behind, literally it was killing me, but there was so much shame about why I wasn't enjoying these things that I wanted. Yes. You know, that was, it was such a painful struggle for me for so long. And I think it's just, the more that this is spoken about, it's so, so freaking important because people are feeling this all the time. It's you said earlier, you always wanted to be a dad. So then when it presented itself and you were a dad, there come the responsibilities with that. And then as you were going through the transformation of everything that you're realizing about the wing, being wingman and how it's not all that it is, then there's a mourning process. And I just think it's a very important point to acknowledge that in whatever people are going through and making a transition, whether it be a job, uh, a new family member, a new moving, whatever it is, there's a mourning period and it can look different for people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I 
yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately for me, I, I actively mourned my death for about a year and a half, you know? And so it just got worse and worse and worse. You know, I, and I didn't have any tools or any resources that I either felt comfortable or was willing to go to to process it in a healthy way. So all I had was going to the bars, you know, going to the place where I was very, very comfortable, you know, right, it, was, right. it's a part of my, it was a part of my work for so long, but it also became a, a point of resentment because I didn't want to be there, but it was the only place I could, I felt safe. I didn't feel safe at home and it allowed me to hide in public. I always made sure to let people know that like, you know, there, there's, there's, the, you're trying to hide and you can still hide in public, right? Yes, you you don't need to be isolated in order to hide, you know, what's going on with you. And I was a master at that. So it, it just became this, my way of being at that time was just go through the motions. When the moment opportunity came, escape, hide in public yeah. and, and spend as much time as possible until I really had to come back to the reality of my life. And sometimes I wouldn't get home until six, seven, eight o'clock in the morning. You know, that was, that was a rough, that was a rough period for everyone involved. So here you were numbing out and then for better or for worse, you had a wife that was like, no, 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 this is not, this is not happening. It's not happening anymore where this is not the story that's going to keep being told. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, I mean, bless her, you know, cause she, yeah. it, it, my behavior definitely had an influence in, in her coming of, of age in regards to her setting boundaries her communicating more right mm -hmm. like it just started to and i started to see her grow right while i was still being stagnant and dying and mm -hmm. there was an influence that i saw in that that made me feel like wow if i don't do something i'm gonna wake up one day and she's gonna be so far ahead of me i won't even be able to see her which is right there it sounds you may hear this all the time people may hear this all the time but it's just these circumstances that feel like crap mm -hmm. that are really shitty circumstances at the same time that's where the growth happens when we're yeah. open to it i mean you have to go through the darkness you just do in order to uh, get to the other side of it and people's darkness sometimes it's pitch black sometimes it's a little gray i mean it just it varies but here and going through and she grew and I, he and then i just want to like circle back to here you had you went to school for gaming or you know for all of this and then you found your way back to it yeah <laughs> it's that whole cyclical thing that we so often do we so often have this little may be a little aspect or a bigger aspect in our life and then we kind of circle back and then it's that aha moment and so many things that you said in that like like with the game and the mushroom and you know just in anything making those analogies when people feel like they've gained that extra life there's that people aren't gripping so hard there's there's an ease there's like you said an exploration and yeah yeah it's so great yeah i mean i i always make a point to ask people you know how would you live your life if you found an extra one you know, mm -hmm. and it really does open up the a world of possibilities. There's, there's less fear. There's more openness. There's more willingness. There's more curiosity, right? These are, uh, these are byproducts of what happens when you play, right? You become more open, more willing, more connected. You're you're curious, 
And that curiosity, right? That is what starts to open up the new possibilities in, in life. Because now you're open to new ideas, new experiences that you otherwise would have originally been closed off to, you know? And yeah, I believe that you know, there's a lot of light in the dark. In fact, one doesn't exist without the other. That being said, we don't always need to hit our rock bottom in order for that to be the point of inflection of growth. Yes. You know, and I've learned this now through playfulness. When we're playing, we can anticipate that there is a descent happening before we hit the bottom. And it's because we maintain, using playfulness, we can maintain this level of openness, this curiosity, this wonder. And we can actually perceive that, oh, there's a dip here. What, what growth am I meant to experience here? And to have that sense of curiosity. So it doesn't become this always painful process where, because when we associate pain and having to quote unquote, do the work. Yes. That doesn't sound fun. (laughs) Even if it's a necessary component of life, but it doesn't sound fun. So it makes us less willing to do it very resistant and it limits what we're able to see in that experience. But yes, when we're open to the idea with a playful mind that, you know, that, you know, creativity happens here, then it opens up the possibilities. We get to see things we otherwise wouldn't be able to see. Our blind spots don't become so blind anymore. They may just become fuzzy, <laughs> you know, yes. but it, they're not, we're not blind to them anymore. And it just really changes the experience. And so when people hear me say, I have fun in the dark, yes. it might seem like, like this It's a very morbid, it's a very like, um, kind of dark approach, but I know when I'm in the dark, I'm going to come out of it with something so valuable. Yeah. And that I get to share and with other people, right. And it enhances my life. And so why wouldn't I want to go there? (laughs) You know? And so it's, yeah, (laughs) playfulness does a lot, even in terms of just the reframe and and how we kind of allow our souls to lead our lives more so than our, our egos. So then can you give people some concrete examples when you say play and playfulness? How could, whether you want to say for an individual or within a business, how do you bring that playfulness? How do you bring that in? Yeah. So my, so I like to play with the numbers a lot. And I believe that many of us as humans strive to be better people every day. Right. And so how do we measure that? Can we actually measure being better? Well, we can place measurements and metrics in place to kind of give ourselves our our logical or egoic minds some ease. So let's say that we try to be 1% better every day. I'm sure for many people, they want to be more than 1%, but 1% tends to be the most manageable way, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're choosing not to uh, take on this mentality, right? And you're like, I- I'm good where I am. I'm just going to stay where I am and I'm going to do the same things every day, right? From a math point of view, one to the power of, of 365, right? Equals one. That never changes. doesn't matter what you do because you're not growing. Yeah. But if you're choosing to grow at 1% every day, 1.01 to the power of 365 is 37. Mm-hmm. So from a logical standpoint, by choosing to become 1% better every day, you have a chance to 37x, <laughs> you know, a part or your entire life within a year. Mm-hmm. Just, and this is just logical, right? Some people might right. be like, well, how, that doesn't make sense. How is that possible, right? Because 37x is 
that, that, I mean, that's the kind of transformation that's unrecognizable, right? And I was also very skeptical of this too. So then I broke it down even more. What if I just spent 1% of my day trying to be 1% better? 1% of our day is 15 minutes. So if I were to just to dedicate 15 minutes of my time to become better, finding an exercise or playing with something, thinking, reading, doing something that, or even just meditating, right? For more peace of mind, whatever it may be, just for 15 minutes, I can manage that. 15 minutes is manageable. Yeah. And if I do that every day, yeah, your life can actually look unrecognizable even within six months, three months, because three months, 90 days, one to the power, 1.01 to the power of 90, I think is 2.4, right? So like you're still seeing compound growth, but a practical, and now I'm using very like kind of formulaic logical uh, things here, but now let's get to the practical. For me, where it started was making sure that I spent 15 minutes of my day to have fun, doing whatever it is that makes me happy. And for me, it was video games. Mm -hmm. I've since expanded beyond this. I, I have games on my phone. I have other things that I do, but it originally started with video games and I gave myself permission to have fun because what it taught me was when I give myself 15 minutes every day to have fun, it is the reminder that my life is meant to be enjoyed and I get to give myself that, right? Mm -hmm. And what it does is I don't rely on anything else to give me joy. I don't rely on my wife. I don't rely on my daughter. I don't rely on my work. I don't rely on anything else. I get to give myself that. Right now, that's just in the world of play. Let's say you want to be more physically active and maybe, you know, going on a run or doing some strength training in the gym for an hour may be a little bit too much right now. Put on your favorite playlist and dance yeah. for 15 minutes. Yes, <laughs> you know? yes, yes. Have a dance party for 15 minutes. Or, yeah. you know, if, if dancing is not your thing, Call, call one of your friends that you haven't talked to in a while and, you know, talk to them for 15 minutes and go for a walk while you're doing it. Yes. Right. If you're not able to answer something, spend 15 minutes sending voice messages or text messages or emojis to friends, <laughs> you know, or, or GIFs to friends that you care about and you appreciate, you know, yeah. like the combination of these things allow us to remind ourselves why we do what we do. Why do we have the responsibilities that we take on in our lives? Because we want to enjoy and have fun. But we get to do that now. We don't have to wait until we hit a certain milestone in order to do that. That was the thing I missed in my learning and development in my, in my childhood. I was just raised to be successful, but I wasn't taught how to have fun in my life. It was, just assumed, it was just assumed that that would happen, right? <laughs> and it's like, what does successful even mean? I mean, it means yeah. different things to different people. So it's, yeah, everything yeah. that you're saying, it's like I really grasped onto the word permission too. Um, yeah. Permission giving, is huge. Permission is giving ourselves permission. It's like screw other people's permission, honestly, is we have to give ourselves the permission because that's where the freedom really lies. Yeah. Uh, and really we always, and we freedom. tend to put, we tend to put things in front in between ourselves and freedom. Yes. Right. Yes. So for example, it's like, 
when I get that next promotion, you know, and I get that 20K raise, I'm going to go on that vacation that I've always wanted to go on. The problem is when you get that promotion, you're going to have to do, you're likely going to do more work. <laughs> it's going to take up more time. And maybe you won't get to do that vacation. So then you're like, all right, I'll wait until, you know, I have enough uh, PTO. And yeah. maybe you will, maybe you won't. Maybe you'll remember too, maybe you won't, right? Or when I get in that, you know, when I get into that relationship, I'll go out to Italy, mm. right? It's like, why are you holding yourself back going to Italy now and waiting right. for someone to come into your life? The experience you have going with yourself or with friends to Italy will be different than when you go with your romantic partner. Right. So this idea that it's going to be like this epic experience that you'll never have again is actually untrue. It's just one of the things, it's one of the ways our minds tricks us into believing that we're not deserving of what we really want in life. Right. And so it puts so, <laughs> put so much pressure on everything. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. And there's, there's, there are healthy ways to go about rewarding ourselves in the smaller things in life, you know? Like, hey, if I clean, if I clean the kitchen, I'm going to treat myself, uh, treat myself to a chapter of, of my favorite book. That's reasonable, right? But when we're talking about things that we believe are going to make us happy and then finding out that it doesn't, especially the way that I did, I thought money, power, and status and relationships would make me happy. They didn't. They didn't. You know, I had a, a nice boost of happiness that was short-lived, and then I was right back to my normal baseline. And, you know, I, I've, I've written a book. Uh, and I was able to do a lot of research and the research has shown the things that we believe make us happy do not actually make us happy. And we are unhappier in the pursuit of it, <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, that's why we feel the, 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 the uptick, right. That high, that bout, that like surge of happiness when we actually experience the milestone It's because we were actually unhappy that whole time, our happiness was dipping and then we get this little blip of happiness, but then our mind's like, okay, well, what's next? This is great, but yeah, now it's done. What's next, you know? Mm -hmm. And then on the hamster wheel, we, we continue to run. Just continue <laughs> to go. Yeah. So then on that note, the second question, which kind of, you've kind of told us somewhat about it, but if we could kind of explore a little bit more of how you incorporate more creativity into your own life. Yes. So... I you know, remember I started off with 15 minutes and now it's been, it's much more than 15 minutes, but I, my methodology focuses in on three, four worlds that are very important to me. It's mm -hmm. purpose, which is all about my mental, physical, and spiritual well-being. There's play, which is about the people, places, and, and experiences that bring me joy. There's passion, which is about the love of myself, the love of my partner, and my children, mm -hmm. and then also my compassion for other people, my compassion for the world. And then the world of performance, which is how I increase, share, and ask for value. And so I spend at least 15 minutes doing something in each of those, those areas of my life. And inside of those areas, I determine how can I have fun with this? <laughs> you know, and if you have kids, and they're on the younger side, watch them for ideas because they'll give you all the answers, you know? Yes. I mean, yeah. kids are just, I mean, the, the innocence and the un, unlimited imagination in which kids live their lives is so inspiring to me. And so, you know, my, my daughter is a huge 
inspiration for the one up effect because through watching her play she's taught me that if i continue to play i can grow as fast as she is right now <laughs> and i'm i'm gonna be 37 in a few days so mm -hmm. so you know her her being five me being 37 growing at the same speed i mean that's remarkable that's how you create unrecognizable transformation by the way right we see it happy, in our kids happy birthday by the way <laughs> thank you <laughs> you know we see unrecognizable transformation in our kids almost within the same day right especially at a young age but we can still do that no matter how old we get you know and so for me it's tapping into those things waking up moving my body spending some time meditating and journaling processing thoughts stories in my mind that may be helping me or not helping me and, and, and learn from those things. This is where I get to play in the dark so often. Um, connecting with a higher power, you know, that so I, I'm not in my own will. I'm not trying to be in control. I'm a very ambitious driven person. So, uh, you know, control is, is something that I can easily become addicted to. And so releasing that control to a, a force greater than me is, is very important, connecting with that reaching out and surrounding myself with people who I care about, who make me happy, who bring me joy and having places I can go to that bring me joy too, whether it's in the house or outside the house and making sure my life is filled with experiences that allow me to experience those happiness and practicing love of myself. Even if it means outwardly saying, I love myself, I forgive myself, I accept myself saying that, you know, doing that is so important. And then, you know, spending time with my, with my wife, connecting with her, regulating with her emotionally having super daddy time with my daughter <laughs> doing whatever it is that she wants to do and being in her being with in my child ego state with her um talking to a stranger oh my gosh like how much value i've received and learned about <laughs> life by just talking to a stranger every day it's unbelievable you know right and and by the way i haven't even talked about my work yet <laughs> you know but this you is part of my work you know? And I, I want to just point out too, before, and we're going to get into that, we're kind of getting close to the top of the hour, but we're so good. But um, I wanted to point out that as you were saying that as our children, you know, watching our children transform and grow, we can grow too uh, and transform. And it doesn't mean like, as you're getting, as we all get older, it doesn't mean that we're aging in mentality. It actually means that we're becoming more playful. Yeah. You know what I mean? So totally. it's not it's not like getting or aging and getting more serious and rigid rigid. We're getting more playful and we're yeah. getting more imaginative and we're getting more curious, which is the goal, which keeps us um, feeling so good. Yeah, absolutely. Our bodies have will always have an expiration date, but our souls will will live forever, you know, mm. and so just knowing that for me places so much of a priority, of course, on my body to make sure it can last as long as it can, but also accepting the reality that even no matter what, how much I can do, it will expire. So how can I allow my soul to live, to be present in my soul, with my soul and like live and maximize that, that part, you know, and the, so, so the next, so the transition here is like now getting into my work, right? So, you know, increasing, yep asking and, and uh, sh sorry, increasing, sharing, asking for value, you know? And so what can I do that can help me uh, become a better business person to provide more value to my clients, to enhance my business in some capacity? And how do I share that value with other people, you know, mm -hmm. and then ask for value and value can mean all kinds of things. Traditionally, we, we see it as money, 
monetary value, but it could be uh, advice, it could be energy, it could be an ear, <laughs> it could be asking for support, uh, it could be asking for direction. You know, it, it depends on where you are, res other resources, time. Depending on where you are with your value, that's where you can kind of let it lead to. But what all this leads me to is this idea that it's not for me about work-life balance. I, when I hear that phrase, I hear double lives, <laughs> right? Like you're, yeah. you're, you're living two separate lives and, and that is taxing. It's exhausting, right? It's like, it's like the ultimate form of multitasking, right? right. <laughs> it's right. like, it's the worst. But sure. if, if we allow our work and our life to be synergistic, right? Where they, it's, it, they, it's all kind of just the sum of, of your life, you know, or even, even this idea that what you do in your life, the sum of it even is not as big as really who you are, right? What you do in life is not as big as who you are. And just knowing that it's all just a part of the, your, your existence it allows you to be more together, be more grounded and, and, and holistic in how you show up in your life. You, you don't have to lead this double life of work and life. Like the two can actually be together and you can have fun in all of it, right? And so that is what I, what I offer in terms of like what you would practically do day to day, you know? And then track that. How much energy are you feeling? How much connection are you feeling to life? Do you feel more integrity with yourself and how and your values? You can actually track these things and it can be a key part of your daily development over time to see, hey, like, how connected to life am I? So then how would you, before we get to the third question and start to wrap up, how would you a person how would you respond to a person who isn't very happy in their work and they see um, whatever it is that they do, they're not happy in it. So they go to work nine to five, nine to six, whatever it is, and they get through it. It's a paycheck uh, and they're fine with that, but they're still not feeling fulfilled. They're not happy. They're not feeling connected. And then they come home and do these other things that fill them up a little bit more, but you know what I mean? They're on the yeah. hamster wheel. So how would you briefly respond to a person with yeah, so life balance? There's, so there's, it's interesting, right? Because, you know, I, I work with a few clients who are happy with what they get from their job, but they're not happy with their jobs, right? Yeah. They're not happy doing their jobs. And I think there's a big distinction between the two. So if you are happy with what you get in your job, I want you to be aware that this is where you spend most of your time. Your sleeping and your working is where most of your 168 hours of a week <laughs> go to, right? So mm -hmm. you, hopefully what you're getting is a great return on your investment of that much time that you're not going to be happy. And so with that being said, make sure that the rest of your life is filled with things that bring you joy. So yeah. that way it, it, it tries to balance out in some capacity. In this particular case, you want to make sure that if you if you're going to allow yourself and accept what you're doing and receiving it, that you invest what you're receiving into creating mm. more time affluence. Mm. Okay, right. Create more time for yourself to experience the magic that can come from your purpose, play, and passion. Yeah, I always I tell people if you're investing, if you're taking one percent of your performance, and you're applying it to 
you know, your purpose, play, and passion, are you going to notice a 1% drop in your productivity? Probably not. But you will notice a significant shift <laughs> in your happiness inside your purpose, play, and passion, right? So it's always worth playing with that, unintended. Now, if you are not enjoying your, your work and you don't feel like you're being compensated enough, the return is not there, then I suggest looking for something else. Now, yes. that's easier said than done. So while you are looking for something else that makes you feel happy, try to see how you can find things within your work, your current work, that can bring a little bit of joy. Now, it could be having a specific work playlist that you would play during your job mm-hmm. <laughs> that mm-hmm. can allow you to Love elicit that. positive vibes. Yeah. Right. It could yeah. be, um, uh, it could be changing your nutrition. I'm, I'm being really creative with these ideas here, right? It could be changing your nutrition during the day, maybe even adding supplements that can allow your, your brain and your body to be more relaxed in a more parasympathetic state while you're doing work. So you could be more calmer and you don't feel as stressed, right? Mm-hmm. You could also, from a, supplements like magnesium, but you can also have like blueberries or just have more green. Maybe have a salad instead of having something that's carb, like um, uh, like carb heavy, like bread and stuff, right? Yeah. So yeah. something like that, right? Um, it could just be instituting like your own personal breaks where you go outside, you get some fresh air or you go and you talk to someone at work or if you're working remotely, you go for a walk and you text that friend or you send that voice message to that friend create blocks in your time where you're breaking up your work in between those moments of play. So you're not spending, you know, however long you do just doing the thing that you hate. Yes. <laughs> right? Like break, like break it up. So it becomes more manageable. Right. And so I think it's important to, to acknowledge if you're in a situation that you don't like in any area of your life, you, you want to be aware that while you're looking for the next thing that will make you happy. Yeah. Right. You also want to be aware of what you can do now in the present situation that can help you be happy as well. Because you just never know. Maybe when you find that, you might feel like what you're doing right now is manageable, you know? So you don't want to limit your possibilities around that as well. Everything that you just said, so beautiful, everybody. I hope you were listening to this because I, 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 I can promise you that as you are implementing these things, it it will change your vibration. It will change how you're feeling, which will change your perception of everything that's going on. It will lift you up. It will lift you up. It changes your perspective when you start to do these things. I heard someone um, telling a story within a book, you're a badass at making money and uh, Jen Sincero, and she was talking about just this whole story of a person in Antarctica or wherever he was, and his team left him for dead, and he was gnawed and frostbitten and all this stuff, and he survived. But what kept him going was he had a watch, Mm -hmm. and he would break it down, things down into 20 minutes, Mm -hmm. and he would give himself a goal, I will get to that next thing in 20 minutes. And it's the only thing that kept him alive. Yeah. Really, that as gnawed up as he was, he's like, I'm getting there in 20 minutes. And if he didn't get there in 20 minutes, then he would set a new goal. Yeah. So yes. everything yes. that you're saying that. is so beautiful is that give yourself these blocks of time to create whatever that is in your world, good feeling things, which will lift you up. 
Yeah, and what you point out there is so important is he when he didn't get to his goal, he made himself another goal. Another right? goal. Like if you're ambitious and driven like I am, like it's very easy to get wrapped up in the outcome. Yeah. It's either pass or fail, right? Like even our even traditional education sets us up for this, right? Yes. It's either pass or fail, right? And yes. there are consequences for either. So for, for me, it's it's really what the one-up effect methodology is really about. It's a way of being that allows you to have fun in the process mm-hmm. and allowing your success to become the byproduct of playing, right? Like when we, when we play games, if you pawn any game, and I don't care what kind of game you play, it could be Crossword Puzzle, Candy Crush, Tetris, video games, it, it doesn't matter. Sudoku, <laughs> Scrabble, yeah. whatever, right? Uno. Yeah you're not playing to win you want to win but that's not the reason why you're playing you're playing because it's fun yeah games are designed for games are designed for you to have fun if games were designed for you to win you would never win (laughs) and there's a a challenge too yeah right like because they they would make it so insurmountable right for you not to win and that's not fun and if it was too easy you wouldn't play anymore there would be right. no replay value, right? So it's important mm-hmm. to understand that when we, life and the process of you getting to the outcome, that is where all of the experience of your growth, your development, your connection, and the experience of your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual potential, that's where it exists. Yeah. The outcome is just a byproduct of that experience. So you're going to win the game no matter what, because you're, you're choosing to keep, you're choosing to keep playing. Right. And so how about enjoying the fun of the game itself and letting the results itself, you know, take care of itself. Right. And for me, I've understood that as grace, right? Like I set goals for myself and commitments for myself every quarter. And do I hit them all? No, I don't. But I also don't beat myself up over it because I've still learned a significant amount about myself and about life as a result of taking that journey, you know? And I think what we should also realize, and I don't wanna impose my views on it on people, but what I've learned the most is every day when we wake up, we're doing something we've never done before. And Mm -hmm. so with that in mind, it's not gonna be perfect in the way our mind wants it to be perfect. But I do believe that it will be divinely perfect as it is. And so the only responsibility that we have is to learn to do our best with enthusiasm and with a with a positive attitude, and then learn, allow ourselves to receive the feedback as the instrument of our perpetual growth. And if we do that, I think I think we have a chance to really enjoy everything there is to to experience with life. Uh, I'm and just have like fun doing it. I'm, ta- I'm <laughs> taking it in. Oh my god. Okay, so as we get to the top of the hour here, uh, the third and final question, which uh, wraps it up and puts a nice little bow on it, is um, why do you think creativity is important? I believe without creativity, we wouldn't have the life that we have today. The life that we, we, we see around us wouldn't exist. 
because there are always people, and I think we all have the potential to do this in our lives, will wake up one day and realize that there's a more enjoyable way to experience something. And they will set their, they will set their sights on finding out that enjoyable way. But it all sparks from creativity, that curiosity, that wonder, you know? And without that, we won't be able to see the potential that can come from our, our lives. So I'll give you a, a personal example. You know, my because of my behavior in, in, in the past due to my um, escapism and, and drugs and alcohol abuse, you know, I, I really impaired my relationship with my wife. And we have had a lot of healing to do. Mm-hmm. And I, there's one side of me that we used to believe, man, like I'm never going to overcome this. Another side of me says, man, my wife will not forgive me. I don't think she has the capacity to, right? And this is, this is tough. This is a tough world to live in if I keep myself here. Yeah. But the one idea that I keep and I hold very dearly is that I can't change my wife, <laughs> right? I can't, I can't change my wife. She, she is her own person, right? So what, so what do I do about that, right? I, I, can, I, I can love and, and accept, accept her. But going a little bit deeper, and this is where I get to play with the idea. This is where creativity comes into, comes into form. I say to myself, well, how could I change my wife, right? And I'm not thinking about this from a manipulative point of view. I'm not trying to actually change her and herself. She's perfect as she is. But the way I can see it differently is, well, the way I can change my wife is to change how I see her. So if I were to look at her differently, or if I were to change some thoughts or programs that instinctively kicked in based on how she behaves, then my perception of her will change. How I view her will change and thus she will change. <laughs> right? right. And, and, and when I, when that came to me, like, I just laughed about that because I thought that was such like a, a, a silly, but yet so effective way for me to show up and view and accept and love her for who she is. And yeah. so I just change how I just change her based on how I change my, my perception of her, you know, and that's so fun for me that it, it takes this idea of trauma or pain, or just a very difficult or challenging experience. And it adds a little bit of playfulness that allows me to see the opportunity where I can grow. And I can create better interactions and I can show up better for our marriage and I can show up better for our family, you know, and it takes this idea of what I believe logically is impossible. And it puts it in this imaginative way of what if it was possible? What would that Mm -hmm. look like? You know, Mm -hmm. meanwhile, she doesn't have to do anything, (laughs) right? She she just gets to be herself and, and do her thing. And meanwhile, I'm experiencing a whole change in, in everything, right? I'm the one that's doing everything, you know? But it just really comes from the sh- simple shift of playing with the idea of what's possible. And so that's why I believe creativity is so important because, uh, you know, we see technological advances as a, as a kind of a form of creativity and innovation, but I wanted to bring it down to more of a real practical, like, everyday perspective. You know, and if we can yeah. take some of those stories and play with them, we might be able to see something different within ourselves that could really change our lives. So much freaking power. Uh, 
Thomas, can you please tell people how they can connect with you? Yes, yes. You can go to thomasedwardsjr.com. So that's thomasedwardsjr.com. If you're interested in getting together or connecting with me about how you can make your life a game that you can win and have fun playing, you can actually go to thomasedwardsjr.com slash podcast, and we can connect. Uh, thank you so much for taking this hour to hang out and chat. Oh, this is so much fun. I could do this all day. <laughs> So inspiring, so enlightening. Um, before we say goodbye to everybody, is there any final words you have that you feel like you want to say before we go or you think you're good? Um, well, I just wanted to say thank you to you, Hollis, for just having this space available where people can share a message. You know, um, I'm really grateful to be where I'm at today and to be, be alive, first of all, but also to have this message to share and I've really tried to keep things simple in my life, you know, one day at a time. Mm -hmm. um, but I really do believe that if we can see our lives the way that we used to as children, where everything was a game and that we could have fun, I feel like we can really, the world can shift in ways that we have only dreamed of. And so all it takes is us individually to make that choice. And so I hope that there was something that you, any, everyone who's listening is able to learn from and um, take with them and share with other people. Thank you so much. And thank you for being part of this mission because my mission is to expand this definition of creativity. It's, it's a big mission. <laughs> I just want to like blow it up and expand yeah. it beyond the pencil and the paintbrush and bring in all of these various perspectives. And I'm just so grateful that you said yes. So thank you, thank you, yeah. thank you. Thanks so much. And everybody listening, so appreciate you, those live, those catching the replay. This space is all about inspiring each other, connecting and sharing stories. I believe we've always needed it, but I believe we need it now more than ever, more than ever. We need to be there to lift each other up. So please like, follow, share all of that goodness so we can spread the word and be able to create more connection for more people. So on that note, I wish you a good morning, a good afternoon, a good evening, wherever you are in this world and look forward to talking to you soon. So goodbye, everybody. Feeling inspired? Let's just get rid of this, throw away this whole perfectionism thing, this whole concept that we have to know how to do everything. You know what? You don't. <laughs> Let's just do things and try things and realize what we like and what we don't like. It's all part of the process. The self-awareness feels so good. You feel more connection to yourself, connection to others, and huh, be a happier, more joyful person. Just imagine that. So you are where you are in the process. So you can dip your toe in the water to try new things at a slower pace, or you can dive right in. Here at I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing, we meet you where you are. So there are so many ways to check us out. Explore our experiential kits. They have everything in them that you need to try new things. You don't have to buy anything else but this kit and just explore. There's Creative Shui, which is seven elements to join happiness. Through the Publishing House, Express Yourself Publishing, multi-author books, coffee books, solo book opportunities. It is all about expression, all about it. And it's, again, just trying these things and realizing what you're good at. Don't all of a sudden think that you only fit into one box because we don't. 
we are not made for boxes. <laughs> there is also my TV show, I Am Creative. Check it out. The links are all in the body of this podcast. You can just click the link. And you know what? Don't say, oh, maybe I'll check it out tomorrow. Life's too short. Just click it. See what it's about. There is honestly no judgment. It's all about exploring the possibilities, expressing yourself, and expanding your thinking. I will give you the website, which is IamCreativePhilly.com. So I am creative Philly, P-H-I-L-L-Y.com. And just remember that you are an expressive being, so own it. I am looking forward to hearing your story because we all have one. <laughs>